Hello. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Two Things Can Be True with Ty. First off, I want to thank everyone for listening um, to episode one and two, the conversation that we had with Joy. Um, Joy, once again, I want to thank you for your honesty. Thank you for allowing me to go there with you and, you know, asking you some very personal questions. And thank you for being um, honest and sharing that with everyone who listened. Um, the feedback that we both have received have been great. Um, already thinking of new endeavors and new conversations that we can have. So that's always a plus. Um, in in the spirit of this season, we're going to keep the conversations going. But at first, want to kind of give you guys a little update of what's going on. So um, dry January was a success for me. Um, I'm actually really, I really enjoyed it this time around. Um, just, I, I'm not sure. I just really, really enjoyed it. I really did. It was really good to just not, um, to not drink, even though, like I said, I enjoy drinking. Um, and I was, like I was saying, I can't remember if I, if I expressed this, but like drinking doesn't really do any, like it doesn't, I'm no different from when I'm, if you, if you know me, like I am the same sober insane when I'm drinking, like, well, maybe I'm a little bit louder. Okay. I'll say that I am louder. But other than that, I am really the same person. Like, I want to dance around. I just want to have fun. I just want to have a good time. Like, this in my spirit to always just want to have a good time. I enjoy having a good time. Um, but anyway, so I've been watching Euphoria. And if you guys do not watch that show, I strongly recommend that you, you know, you watch it. Um, it's such a groundbreaking, thought-provoking TV series. And I know, like, they're getting a lot of pushback by people think that, hey, they're glorifying drugs. I, I wish that people would stop, like, thinking just because something is talked about or if it's, it's seen, that's not so much someone is saying this is right and that you should do it. You know, I think sometimes art just shows us this is what happens when certain people do these types of things. And sometimes there are, you know, fun highs and doing reckless things. And there are some low lows on doing reckless things as well. Um, so I just, yeah, anyway, I really been enjoying that show. Um, yeah. And I, I finished season one, I want to say maybe like in three days. Um, but I am caught up current, and so, yeah. So, yeah, I really do enjoy that show. Without further ado, be doing my little this and that and catching you guys up where I am in life right now. So today's guest, uh, I've been knowing this gentleman, I want to say, I think if we couldn't get the year right, maybe 2015 or 2016, somewhere in there, um, we used to work with each other. Um, and we just clicked and been good friends ever since then. And um, he just has a, a drive about himself. And like you guys, we will always have these deep, deep conversations. And just always, I enjoy people who just like to talk, you know, and like not always just like to listen. Well, 
I do like to feel like the listeners, how you can have a proper conversation, but you know, it's back and forth. It's an actual conversation. And we always have, in my opinion, great, meaningful conversations. And so when I reached out to him, I was like, Hey, I would love to have you as a guest on the podcast. And he was like, sure. Um, so without further ado, Mr. Artist Lamar, I want to thank you from the two can, oh Lord, two things can be true family. <laughs> thank you for being on with me today. Hey, Ty. Thank you for having me. And I'm just so excited about this to, um, you know, allow your public or your, your podcast listeners to hear some of the conversations that we have. So I'm excited. So thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So um, let's, because I mean, more people, they don't you probably even know who you are. So let's kind of, um, like, I want you to t- t- tell me like five things about yourself. Like where, where, well, I'll ask, I'll ask those things. Right? So where are you living right now? So unfortunately, I live. (laughs) I live in backwater woods, uh, Indiana, Indianapolis, to be more specific. It's not that bad, but (laughs) it's definitely not where I used to live. Obviously, Dallas. um, So it's a big culture change. So currently, and where did you grow up? I grew up in Florida, um, Orlando, to be exact. um, But through career moves and promotions and stuff, um, I ended up here. At the tail end of that. Okay, so how many states have you lived in? Um, I've lived in four states. So I've lived in Florida, Texas, um, Indiana now, and then I've also lived in North Carolina before. Wow, I've only lived in Texas. <laughs> I'm, I'm born and raised um, here in Dallas and haven't been anywhere lived anywhere other than that so yeah it's Dallas been. where do you need to live Dallas has everything that is my favorite place out of all the places I've lived thus far I have to agree and I, I mean Dallas is really a good city even Austin is a, a strong my second like I would definitely would be okay with living in Austin I think I would but I do, I really do love Dallas because like you said, Dallas is a ping pong. Like there are so many different areas that you can, you know, it has a rich culture in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. 100%. So, okay. So we used to work with each other and you used to have a very nasty attitude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is about to be one of those. Shows. Right, right. <laughs> Now let's get to the bottom of it all. Right. You know? <laughs> it's the confrontation for me. <laughs> right. No, but seriously, like I was saying in the intro, like I always appreciated our meaningful conversations that we would just we have about, you know, how we grew up, you know, being young, black and gay, and knowing how we just wanted to do things different, you know? Mm-hmm. No, so, I, agree. I agree with that. So with that. I know I want to talk about real quick about what happened, the no knock, the no knock warrants in Minnesota. Did you see that? Or Minneapolis, rather. Did you see that? Yeah, I've seen it um, where that young guy got murdered. Yeah, it's just here we go again. I agree. I think it's just it's out of order. Um, Clearly, they didn't learn the first go round when they burnt that city down to the ground. Right. Get there at it again. Um, 
and then want everybody to wait and be patient and let the investigation play out and all this blah blah blah. Um, it should have been resolved last time. Mm-hmm. They saw what happened with Breonna Taylor, right? And yet they're still on their same path, have haven't changed anything. But yet, when people react to their behavior, all yeah. of them, and they want everybody to calm down and calling out Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson and all of them to try to get people to stop tearing shit up. Right. But, you know, they're just not going to learn. I don't, at this point, I don't know what it's going to take. Yeah, it's just, I, I just, it's just so frustrating because I know we just um, saw, we celebrate, uh, celebrated the heavenly birthday of Trayvon Martin, who would have been 27 years old mm. uh, had he had not been murdered um, by a careless man who thought that he was going to, you know, change something. And it's just, I don't know. It just, it's just so frustrating that the lives we continue to lose and it still seems like there is no, there's no real change. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree with you. It's just, I don't know what's going to take. I think it's going to, I think as more people, I think the only thing that could possibly change a lot of the reality of this, if more people who understand the situation and truly have lived um, the experience that most of these black young men have lived um, or experienced with them, uh, they're going to have to get in power and they got to make actual changes within the departments. They need to get rid of the no-not warrants and all that stuff. Right. Just all of that stuff has to go. It has to be a, a total recall of the way they do policing in this country. And I, that's a, a perfect way. I'm glad that you used as a total recall. Cause, so I've been asking people, I guess, on my, on my show, like, what is something that you think that you had to unlearn? Um, whether it be your behavior or an idea? Um, what, do you, what do you think about that? Well, for me, a lot of stuff for me, had, I had to unlearn come from my childhood. So the main thing to answer your question more specifically, is fear. So growing up, I grew up in a very religious family. Mm. Um, choir rehearsal, usher board. Okay, come on, hit those notes. Church on, <laughs> church on Tuesday, Wednesday night prayer, all of that stuff. Um, and then being so integrated into the church and all that stuff like that. I was told, you know, before you do anything, you need to get permission from the bishop of the church. It was almost it was basically a cult, essentially. Even wow. if I wanted to go to college, I had to go to the bishop to ask him, is this what the Lord wants for me? I want to go to USF or I want to go to FSU or whatever. Yeah. Or do you see the Lord saying, that's for me? And if I didn't do that, I was told, oh, I'm going to die. Um, bad things are going to happen to me. I'm going to get taken off into drugs. I'm going to get all kinds of diseases. You know, it was, it was a lot of fear-mongering. So... Mm. When I finally broke away from all of that at the age of 17 is when I stopped going to church, period, really, or more specifically that church. Um, I had to really unlearn that. I was I was very, very scared, really, to do anything or really go into different settings or be around certain people because I was told my whole life that if I partake in that or if I do this, if I do that, you know, something was going to happen to me. Right. So initially, you know, I've more so erased a lot of that at this point, but you know, it's still residual things. I think I'm more overly cautious than most. Right. Yeah, and that fear that they use, like I, I remember, I was actually thinking the other day how um, my 
childhood church. I used to go to a church of, um, I think it's called God in Christ, the Church of Christ, one of whatever church that you couldn't play music. Because uh, it was like, if you ever, if you had music in the church, like it was uh, the devil, like God didn't like that. And as I got older, like, you know, understand the Bible a little bit more, it was wild to me because David played the heart. Right. And which is a, which is a musician, which is, a, you know, an instrument. So he's playing this instrument, but they're, they're saying that you couldn't have instruments in the church. Mm. I, I, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's, it's amazing how those, those things they use to just, I think, just to scare you into to keep you in a in a box. But like as you said, so when you grew up like this, and you said, so at seventeen, you kind of made this decision. Uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm out. Like, what, what, what was there a final straw, or you know, what, what kind of prompted you at seventeen to like, okay, this is not going to be it for me. Um. So. What happened at 17? So I was I had moved out of my parents' home. I was staying with my thieving ass middle brother. Um, that's a whole nother story. So okay. I was, it was just me and the apartment together. And I lied on an application to work in the call center at Verizon. <laughs> so I had a full-time job. I was still in high school, but the high school, I went to private school. I grew up in private school. So they allowed me my last two years of high school to just go straight I mean strictly to college and so I was at the local community college going to college there getting my college credits so wow. I would basically be done with school by 12 o'clock because all my classes was in the morning so I moved out living with him paying my part of rent making um doing 40 hours a week at this job because I was working at the call center at night so you know I started feeling myself a little bit and I started you know want to explore things and I'm had already realized at that point I was gay, so now I want to start engaging and dealing with these crazy ass boys and stuff. <laughs> so all of that was adverse to what I had learned. So I wanted to move to Tampa um, for another job opportunity. So I was still had one foot outside the church, one foot inside the church. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tried to go to the bishop of the church and. I tried to talk to him and let him know, hey, I want to move to Tampa. This motherfucker, um, he yelled at me because I walked up and he was like, you don't come up to me and ask to talk to me after I just got done preaching. Oh, wow. I'm still dealing with spirits that I just <laughs> fought in the church. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, you bitch ass nigga. I don't even want to do this. But because at the time... I listened to my family and I was engaged and all that foolishness they were saying. They convinced me to come talk to you because I wasn't going to ask you shit. Right. Um, so I think yeah, the other man did that. I was like, girl, I'm done. I'm like, you don't pay none of my bills. I'm not yeah. a bill. I mean, why am I doing this? It just didn't make sense for me. So after that specific situation, I just was like, girl, bye. I'm done with all this shit. So I ended up getting that job. I turned 18, ended up getting that job and I moved to Tampa. Um, oh. And it was... And that was so. That was that was the decision. So yeah. now, um, your family are they still in Florida or are they in Minneapolis? Where, where's your family? No, they all in Florida, child. They leaving the church. They still go to <laughs> church. Um, the only person I really deal with in my family that I'm super super close with and I deal with on a consistent basis is my grandmother. Aww. Yeah. So the lady that had me. Um, <laughs> Okay, well, you hold on, hold on. You said the lady who had me. I'm guessing that's your mother. 
I mean, some people classify as that, but okay. <laughs> the woman that had me, uh, her mother, I'm very, very close with her. Mm, okay. So, okay. So how was, how was little artist growing up? Like, how was your household? Um, Overall, I had a good childhood, aside from being called, like, my stepfather, he's called me fag and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. I got a spirit and all that stuff, um, and the two kids that the, the lady that had me had, they um, used to call me names and all that stuff like that, call me gay and all that stuff. I don't know if it really, I guess it did affect me because I thought I was wrong for feeling right. But now as an adult, it doesn't affect me or I don't have childhood trauma from that because mm-hmm. it was true. I actually, I am gay. I mean, I may, not, <laughs> <laughs> I may not be a fag, but it's just another way, you know, I guess some people think they call gay people. At the end of the day, all of it was true. I do like men, so it yeah. is. So um, how is the relationship that you have with your mother? Um, or the it, woman who had you? Thank you. Uh <laughs> It's very um, contemptuous. Like it's, it's, it's no relationship. Mm. Um, and for between me and her, her behavior, um, I wouldn't put up with that from anybody mm-hmm. because of who she is or what role she had in my existence. Should I say? Um, I gave a little more leeway than I would give any other person. Um, but I just had to. I had to let it go. Um, I remember the last conversation me and her had, essentially, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but she told me that, oh, I love you, but I, ju- I just don't like the gay spirit that you have and all this other stuff. I just don't uh-huh. agree. And I told her then, I said, there is no, you can't pick and choose what part of me you want to deal with. Hello. I said, there's a lot of things about you that I don't like. However, though, I don't say I'm not going to deal with that part of you. I only deal with this part of you. I deal with you as a whole. So if you're going to be in someone's life, you have to accept them as a whole. You're not going to say, oh, I'm not going to do I don't like your gay side. I am gay. I am black. I am artist Lamar. Like all of that makes me who I am. So either you're going to deal with me or none of me. And I let her know. I said, I'm done. I said, I cannot deal with your behavior. And the main issue with her, she was not able to transition from little artist to adult artist. Mm. She, was, she was a good mother. I wasn't ab- abused. I wasn't touched on. I wasn't molested. I wasn't didn't go hungry and all that stuff like that. So right. I won't take that from her, but she just couldn't make that transition to see me as an adult. Right. And I think a lot of parents, that's, that's hard for them. I've seen that in different relationships um, with friends and the family that their parents just don't want them to grow up. I, I, I thank God that my mom and my dad have given me space to be an adult. Um, but going back to like what you said, and that's a quote, my shiro, Lauren Hill, you know, like I'm a whole person. Like you can't say only three fourths of ties acceptable, only, you know, one fourth. I'm de- no, I'm a whole person. So, and I, and I only show up in places where all of me is celebrated. So there are certain certain relationships that I don't even deal with because I don't want to go here and and you think and I don't have to hide who I am to make you feel comfortable. Like I've I've grown from that space. So if you want to know, like, hey, why Ty isn't there anymore? It's because 
you have not given me a space where I can be all who I am. And I, and I, and I, I respect that. And I choose to not, you know, be in your presence. Point blank, period. That is so true. And I think it's important that people realize as adults, you have the right to choose who you want to be in a relationship with. I don't care yeah. if it's your mother, your grandmother, whatever. If something is toxic for you or something is causing you emotional harm, Mm-hmm. Or physical harm, whatever the case may be, you have the right to cut that off to protect yourself. And Absolutely. I, told, I said, I said, you are very emotionally violent. Mm. She told my brothers that I was gay. Like I, I love my nieces and nephews, and not that I was hiding it, but it was my story to tell to go to them and say, "Hey, this is." Yeah. And even if I wanted to know, they had no rights to know. But, you know, it was my choice to go sit down and have a conversation. If I would have had a conversation with them, maybe things would be different between them and I. And I would have access to my nieces and nephews and stuff like that. But for the fact that she went to them and she told them, um, which I felt was to get people on her side to validate, oh, yeah, he is wrong for being gay. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't seen my nieces and nephews for years and years and years. Um, so and I asked her I said why did you do that I said can you admit that you did it for those reasons I just explained no that's not the reason I said what other reason could you have done it but to be malicious or to have someone to um, be on your side with you and she's just like just just tiptoeing around the the issue so Uh it's just it's just a lot to unpack with this and I'm just I'm done with it life is too short it really is it really is. Now, oh, wow. So you say you haven't seen your nieces and nephews in some years. Wow, wow, wow. My nephews now, that was my baby. I haven't seen him since he was 10. He's not 21 now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you, you mentioned earlier that you do have a great relationship with your grandmother. Uh, mm-hmm. when, is, when is the last time you've seen her? <laughs> I've seen her pre-pandemic. Um, okay. 2019. Okay. Yeah, this pandemic just really have, you know, it's 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 almost like we're 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 at, you know, everybody's going through this at the same time, but we still got everything else that's still going on at the same time. And it, it's it's just a lot to really just process. So how have you been keeping yourself together dealing with the pandemic? dealing with life like what do you do to take care of Lamar like what what is important to you like what do you have to make sure you do to to keep yourself good so for me the pandemic hasn't been as detrimental to me or I should say my mental health as I see some other people Mm -hmm. so I'm an introvert and extrovert so I can be around people hang around them but it doesn't bother me if I'm by myself. I've lived by myself since the age of 19. Um, I've always maintained my own place. Um, even now I have at this big ass house. I live in here by myself. <laughs> uh, so I'm okay with being with myself. I'm okay with being with my thoughts. I'm okay with just being alone. Um, but I do make sure I maintain my connections. You know, I text you and talk to you sometimes. I text my other friends. I call my grandmother almost every day. So I feel like in terms of taking care of myself mentally and making sure I'm staying connected uh, with people that I find important. Um, in that regard, that's what I've done. Uh, physically, 
I mean, nothing really. Like, I work on my projects and different things that I have going. But other than that, I mean, I kind of have really, like, become a hermit. Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) And I know I need to get out of it, but I just really do not want to get COVID. Like, I haven't been sick since I was, like, 15. So, okay, I don't know how I'm going to act with COVID. I don't (laughs) want COVID. Right. I'm so, okay. I'm glad you brought up COVID. Well, I kind of need to talk about the pandemic. Are you vaccinated? I'm fully vaccinated and boosted. Yes. Okay. Okay. Do you, same here, fully vaccinated and boosted as well as my husband. It was very important of us to get um, vaccinated. And I, and I encourage, you know, everyone I know, like, hey, get vaccinated. Like I, like I was, I was, I was okay with being, you know, the guinea pig, like, okay, I got it. This would happen to me you know, to keep people, um, you know, informed. So is it important to you? Like, do you have that? Like if someone comes to your house and you say, Hey, are you vaccinated? Or before you even, you know, go to lunch with somebody, are you, do you ask if somebody vaccinated or how, how do you handle it? Are you just staying at the house and in your little hermit crab? <laughs> so I haven't been around anybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and don't nobody know where I live at besides my boyfriend. Oh and Lord! Even, even with him, so my boyfriend is very social. He's highly involved in the church. And oh all. Lord! So I told him when all this stuff first started. Listen, bro. Um, I need if you want to be around me, you want to be in my space, you want to be sexual with me, and all that stuff like that. You gonna need to tamper some of that stuff down. Yeah. Um, he told me that he's not gonna stop his life, and he, <laughs> and he needs to live his life. Um, he's fully vaccinated. He does take precaution to wear masks and all that stuff like that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he's still around a lot of people. He's always out shopping, just living life regular. And I told him I respect his decision, but he can't be mad at the decision I make in order to protect myself. And what that decision looks like is I haven't been around him in almost. It's getting close to like two years. Like I haven't spent a night with him. I haven't done anything sexual with him. It was been uh, I haven't done any of that. We I've been around him like outside, and I may go in his house for a brief moment with my mask and stuff on. But I don't know. I'm just not comfortable enough to really like just completely be open with anybody at this point, like I was before. Right. Because this thing is so out of control in yeah. America are so irresponsible completely Um, so i'm just not willing to put myself at risk for for anybody yeah and that's what i was saying on episode one when i when we went to spain it was just so different like i mean i don't wear my mask all the time if when i'm outside you you hardly you probably will not see me in a mask outside inside 75 percent of the time you will but especially every time i go to the grocery store but anyway outside in madrid Everyone had their mask on, and it was it just was like, okay, this is what we're going to do to take care of everyone. And I don't know why. I think that we need to change our name. This this is not the United States. I they don't seem united to me at all. Anyway, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. But I want to go back to let's get back on the topic. So you mentioned like in nineteen, you took the job or to Tampa or wait, I think it was eighteen, eighteen or nineteen. But you've always had this drive in you. One uh, one thing that I've always appreciated, like I have seen you set goals, make those goals, set new goals, make those goals. Like I have, I have seen it. And so, what what is that? What is that drive? That is because you know there are some people 
who are just, you know, that's okay with, you know, I'm okay with life right now. But you, you just keep moving. You like, you have to, like, what is that? Tell me, what is that? <laughs> okay. Okay, Oprah. Right. <laughs> so for me, it went in three stages. The first stage of it was I knew that I needed to be independent. Mm. Um, okay, hold on. Stop right there. What does independent mean to you? What does that mean? Self-sufficient, able to uh, be well, unreliant on anyone else. Okay. All capacities of life. Okay. Um, so I knew for me, the only person I really had to lean on if something happened was my grandmother. And being a man, I didn't want to be in that position. Um, so I knew that I needed to be 100% independent, can take care of myself, um, and not be in and out. The lady who had me housed, asking family members, can I come stay for them, stay with them, and all that stuff, knowing that I'm gay. And an older gay man, because you know I was a hot, I was a little hot little thing when I got. <laughs> so I'm almost trying to talk to these older guys and stuff. And I remember an older gay guy told me, he told me, first of all, don't ever come out to your parents while you living in the house with them because you don't know how you're going to react. Mm. So that always stuck with me. And then um, I'll always have your own stuff because he kind of put me on game on how, you know, how the world works. And when some of these younger boys are trying to make it in the world and they get caught up in so much foolishness. Right. So that was the first level. The second level was me just being petty. So <laughs> after I had my little part, man, I had like a thousand dollars in the bank or whatever. You know, I thought I was killing it. Yeah. And I remember... I used to talk to different guys and uh, they believe me for whatever reason. I don't know what I did. Like, I, <laughs> it was just weird to be like, why are you leaving me? So <laughs> I always wanted to be successful that way. I always knew it was going to like kind of come back around. I want to be able to throw it in their face and be like, oh, I don't need you. Like, I've been like that whole story. So that was my little petty stage. Okay. As I've gotten older um, in life, it's more so now for me about freedom of time. And it's not to be the richest person in the world. It's not to be a billionaire and all that stuff like that. I just want to be able to control my time and have freedom of time. Uh So that is my main driver with my life. Because if you think about it, these corporations and places we work have so much control over our life. They tell us how long we can be on vacation. Uh They tell us how long we can be sick through sick time. They tell us how much we're worth by giving us a, a pay. Yeah. Um, they just have so much control over our lives, and it makes me sick wow. to think about that I'm going through my whole life being controlled by this entity. I, If I want to stay in bed all day and just watch movies and eat candy or whatever I want to do, I want to have the freedom of doing that. Mm-hmm. And something that stuck with me that helped me develop that mindset was when Warren Buffett said, Money is a utility for him. He said the only reason he wanted to have money was to wake up and do whatever he enjoyed. Mm. And to me, that speaks volumes. He's like, I don't, that's why he still lives in the same house he grew up. I mean, the same house he's had for years. Yeah. He was like, it's not about money. It's not buying the whole world and all that stuff. It's about just being able to wake up and enjoy life. And for me, that's my biggest driver um, in trying to be successful. Wow. Wow, that's powerful. All of that, all of especially that 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 part about the entities, how they control, want to control their what well, they do. Wow. Yep. Wow. Wow, that's 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 gold right there. That is gold, gold, gold. 
but yeah, like I said, like I once again, like I've always admired you, you know, accomplishing your goals and not afraid to move to different places to achieve them. I think that's something to be um, commended on. So you know, that's 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 good stuff. It's real, real good stuff. Um, now, also, I know that we like to talk about, um, you know, as we 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 both are black gay men. Um, we see, you know things happen in our community um, that we don't agree with. And then we see these um, heterosexual black men, you know, know, (laughs) they do things. And it's like, you know, I just just think sometimes as a black gay man, I feel like sometimes the black community forget, act like that we're not a part of the black community. You know, that's why I wore a shirt that said all black lives matter, because I think that includes gay people, trans people. We're all included in this. But I think that sometimes it's just I don't know. I just don't like the way it it makes me feel when I see our community not taking care of each other as as we as we easily can. What do you think about that? Yeah. Well, you let me ask you this. When you wore that shirt, did (laughs) Did a straight black man grab you by your wig <laughs> and drag you? <laughs> I have never been dragged, honey. <laughs> Get that wig, child. So, for me, my friends think I hate heterosexual black men. Oh. That is not the case. Right. I don't hate them. I just dislike a lot of their behaviors. So, I agree with everything you said. They they do like to make gay men, trans women, or, you know, even trans people in general, even some black women, well, black women, actually, they like to make all of us invisible. Mm. So I used to be the type of person fight the power, like, yeah, leave us alone and all that stuff. And I had to really sit back and examine, you know, I'm always trying to reflect. And I just started noticing how, as you said, we're treated within this community. Um, I've never seen a gay person with a platform just get out and start attacking gay people. But yet I see that as a consistent narrative amongst heterosexual black men. Yeah. Whether in a church, I used to go to the barbershop and get my hair cut by heterosexual black men. Walk in the barbershop, I just want to line up to be cute. You know, I'm just dressed regular, even if I was dressed in tights or looking, you yeah. know, kind of way. I still should be able to walk into those spaces and be comfortable and be able to just get the same service. If I'm not disrespecting you, why do you feel like you need to disrespect me? Right. Say me, I'm talking about the gay community as a whole. But as I was examining, even for Black Lives Matter, it's always substantial outrage when a black man who identifies, for the most part, all these men who've been murdered unjustly and stuff like that, they show up in the world and identify as heterosexual black men. Mm-hmm. If something happened to one of them, they expect gays, trans people, black women, everybody who got a piece of black skin to drop everything, put in your sick time, do whatever you got to do, and you get your ass out there and protest. Right. But when it comes to a marginalized group within the black community, where there's black women, where there's gay people, where there's trans people, it's dead silence. Oh, we don't have time for that. I don't want to talk about that right now. That ain't got nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. Do you know it 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 really sink sickened me when I saw 
the comparison of how people rightfully so was completely outraged about George Floyd. It took the powers of Portia, Yandy, Oprah, Beyonce, all these people to get behind Breonna Taylor for her to get that level of notoriety. Yeah. If you compare the two situations, that should have never happened. Right. There's a p- epidemic of femicide in the black community. Mm. Black women are being murdered like is like they like they're cattle. And it they don't say anything. There's no outrage. There was just this heterosexual black man that was in Minnesota just going around shooting people in the head, killed multiple black women. Didn't nobody say nothing. There was no outrage. It was complete silence. Wow. I have a problem with that. You all are not the only ones in this community. Yeah. And yet it seems as though when it comes to gay people, oh, I want to put like the TIs and all them, the bootsies, all these ex cons and felons all on <laughs> online talking about what's best for children. Right. How are you sitting online talking about what's best for children when your record is extensive, number one? Yeah. All the hell and shit that you've done within this community through your music alone, yet alone your actions. But yet, y'all always find a way to try to attack gay people. We don't attack y'all. Right. No one, there's not one gay person you can point to that gets on any public platform and attack heterosexual black men. But if you look at the statistics of the matter, Mm. who commits the vast majority of murders within this community? Is it black women? Is it gay men? Is it heterosexual black men? Is it trans people? By far, it's heterosexual black heterosexual men that identify as straight that commits these murders. Who's uh, trafficking the most children? Who's trafficking children the most in this community? It's heterosexual yeah. black male. Who's in charge of all the gangs? Yeah. Who has the majority of all the guns? Like it's just conversation after conversation. Who has the vast majority of fatherless fatherless children within mm. this? Is it Come gay on. men? So y'all don't want to talk about none of that. Right. Like every time something a little nods is get on TV and kiss, y'all want to run up to the run up to Instagram and talk about, oh, we need to protect the children and all this stuff. Right. So all of that weighs on me and I just I can't deal with them on that level. Um even beyond that point, I've had try to have straight guy friends and stuff, black guy friends. And they come talk to me about all their problems and I get them my advice and stuff. But if I come talk to them, want to talk to them about something gay, oh, I ain't with that gay shit. I don't want to hear about right. that. So I had to step back and say, what is my purpose for trying to have a relationship with these people? And I can't find the benefit in having a relationship with any of them. So I kind of just, I do my own thing. And I just, you know, I let them be. Right. That's and I, and I, I completely agree with that. It's just, it's sad that, you know, that, you know, in a, in a community, there's another community, you know, that we could like separate from, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But also makes me angry is that when, you know, these people, you know, they, they say things are inaccurate, you know, the boosies, the TIs and the, and then people like, Oh, well, we don't, we don't want to have to check them publicly. We do it privately. No, like, I don't under, I don't understand that this has to be done behind closed doors. No, if you publicly say something that's out of line, you can be publicly chastised or publicly corrected. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't, I, it's just, 
it's I don't know. Is it something about oh we gotta protect the straight black man? We have to protect him because he's so fragile. He's so fragile, and I I think that that's a lie. <laughs> it's such a worshiping, a worshiping culture. And let's be clear. And I would venture to say that BLM, that whole movement, I agree with the message. Oh yeah, I do agree with what they're doing. But at the end of the day, that movement is not for gay black men. That movement is not for trans people, black trans people. And that movement is not for black women. And I don't know if your listeners might get mad at that, but if you sit back and really examine who they come out in droves for, those three other groups I've named is does not come into play. I think it was the guy in Missouri who started that particular movement. When they find out that that man was gay, People that I agree with what he's doing, but I can't fuck with him because wow. he's gay. I forgot the guy's name. I think his last name is Ruskin or something like that. But they completely just started talking trash in him and doing all this stuff because they found out he was gay. Mm. And it's just like gay people have played such a pivotal role within Come this on. community in so many areas that people don't even talk about. Right. If you look up a guy named Baynard Ruskin, he was a gay black activist that was an advisor to Dr. Martin Luther King. Yeah, he's the one that gave Dr. King the um, premise of nonviolence, but he gets no fanfare. He's not talked about because he was an openly gay black man during that time. Yeah, yeah. What's the other guy name uh, who wrote the books? Uh, I I watched the interview with him in Maya Angelou. It was beautiful. Um, oh my god, his name escapes me. Uh, what is his name? He went to go live in Florida, me in Paris, uh, in his later years. Oh my God, I cannot think of his name. But he's someone I was like, I do not remember learning about him in elementary, let alone high school, nothing. I was like, I'm learning about this man way later, and he was gay. Like, it just felt good. Like, you know, that us gay people, we was out there, you know, fighting hard as we always do. Um, but history seems to, oh, let's, you know, let's, let's wipe that out. Let's, yeah, that, so, that has no for, place here. And for me, it's not even, it's just like we, they don't even want to recognize us or any type of contribution that we make. I don't want to be fighting with these dudes. Yeah. I don't want to be doing any of the stuff. We should be banding together to fight against injustice against the entire community. But I heard somebody else state previously um, that they feel like heterosexual black men is the new white supremacist. Mm. And it's like, it speaks volumes. You know, because at the end of the day, I'm not going to lie, when I've never really experienced like a, a level of racism that a lot of people say where they say, you know, they've been followed in stores and all that different stuff like that. That has never really been my story. I can't really think of any situation that has been. I've never been called a punk or a faggot or I've never been trashed or anything by a white man to my face or anything like that but right. I've, that has happened to me within this community oh. um, these heterosexual black men so it's just like I just feel a level of, of vitriol and violence towards us that I just don't understand why like I, I can't wrap my head around why do y'all have such a hatred towards us right. when we're not doing nothing but existing I think, to be honest, and this is just my opinion on it, I think it just goes to religion. I think it goes to um, saying that, you know, men are supposed to lay with men. 
it's an abomination. It goes straight back to that because I remember being a child, going to church, and thinking that I was going to go to hell for being gay. Like, and so I would, I hated that part of myself just because that's what I was told. I was going, I was going to go to hell. I was going to go to hell because I was gay. And I'm thinking like, you know, having girlfriends or trying to pray the gay away, you know, having these, you know, these just, you know, praying so hard, breaking down, crying, doing all these things because I'm, I hated that part. So that same hatred, because that's, that's, that's profess across the pulpit. Oh, those gays, all this, all this, he's sick. And typically most of them are the main ones who land with somebody laying with another man secretly and they mad that we out and loud like we just I don't have to hide my life I, I won't hide who I am and I think that's what it is that we're we're not we're not hiding who we are and it's like how dare we how dare we walk up and show who we are why not exactly <laughs> if a if a message ain't going through you know if a, a pastor message isn't getting over to the public to his audience oh yeah freaking a little homosexual banter in there and trash. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, they gonna get up and start screaming that awkward pain gonna be packed. It's just <laughs> like, they know what it takes to get them people out there to see. And I just, you know, it's crazy mm-hmm. to me. And recently, well, before the pandemic happened, I flipped houses and things up here. And Okay. Uh, <laughs> and I remember some straight black guys, you know, they was asking, you know, can they work with me and learn the ropes of stuff? And I just told them no. Uh, <laughs> And I just, you know, I said it, I, which is probably not a good deal, which my friend told me because, you know, they could attack me or something. But um, I told you, I was like, I don't work with uh, heterosexual black men. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they was like, why? And I was just like, um, it, it's just never a good fit, you know, mm. for, for me to do that. So I don't, I just really keep my distance from them. I'm not saying I don't be around them at all because they, you know, they everywhere and within the community. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't go get my hair cut by them. I don't have any yeah. relationships with any of them. It's just I, I don't have time to try to sift through who who isn't that way and who is that way. And I know this could be perceived as being prejudiced what it's going to be, but I just, I don't want to be, I don't want to participate in that anymore. Yeah. Well, I, as a person who has several heterosexuals, black friends, straight men, male friends, I hope that you do get to a place and you can open that door but I definitely understand that you want to be protective of who you allow into your in your um, in your circle. So I get it. But I, I'm hoping that 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 door can can get open because you know nobody, everyone, I think she deserves a chance to to prove themselves. You know, we'll see how the Lord lead. Yeah, <laughs> James Baldwin, that's his name. Yes, yeah. I, I love oh that man there. His writing is so phenomenal. Oh my goodness. But anyway, we have talked and talked and talked, and there's a few more things I still need to ask you before we bring this um, session to a close. When is the last time that you did something for the first time? And what, and what was it? <laughs> when was the last time I did something for the first time? Um, uh-oh. I know, right? <laughs> Not dead air. <laughs> uh, the last time I did something for the first time. Um, That's the question. I always, it, it stops them in their tracks. It really is a good question because 
you know, I kind of like stick to a process. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. Well, I got an answer for you. I mean, this is your first time on my podcast, so this be the first <laughs> time you did something for the first time. But you need to. I'm going to encourage you to do something for the first time. I think that I, mean, I don't know what it could be because I don't know what what a lot of your firsts are or not. But I I'm going to encourage you to do oh, something. I, I got one. This okay, is- go. So, um, about a month ago, I don't know why my boyfriend's a uh, cute date would be we went out to the collard green film oh <laughs> god with bags and we picked collard greens for the first time oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that is that is hilarious I was a free I was a free man now what? but did y'all cook them too so what happened is he cooked them but okay. I let in let mine sit in the garage for too long and uh <laughs> They just wasn't cute, so I could. Oh wow, that's that is so different. Like, a, yeah, that's different. Okay, okay, okay. So that's that's the thing that you did for the first time. Okay, so we asked that. Um, any any closing thoughts? Anything you'd like to you'd like to say before I send our listeners off into their own world? No, I just want to say I'm so proud of you and. Um, you sticking to your podcast because I remember you used to talk about this all the time and I was like, Chad, this girl ain't gonna do nothing. Uh, <laughs> but I always thought, like I always tell you, I think you are a great conversationalist. I think you are a great listener and I always say you're my in-person Iyala Van Zandt because you yes. always give really good advice and you, um, you're, like I said, you're a great listener and I feel like you, this is a really good calling for you to um to keep doing this so definitely don't give it up i think this can definitely take you places um because i think you have the right skill set in order to to do this type of thing so congratulations on your show and i'm just i'm really proud of you oh well thank you so very much thank you i really appreciate that and thank you listeners for listening to episode three conversation with artists you know guys i just I just, I just thank you. I, I always come here. You know, we have these conversations. We want to say things that maybe you agree with, you disagree with, but it, you know what? It's going to spark a conversation. We're going to keep the conversation going. This is Ty with Two Things Can Be True. Thank you for listening.